Welcome to Red, White, and Boo, a podcast by the Military Mom Collective. I'm Nikki. I'm Mara. And I'm Taylor. And today we are thrilled to have our first guest on the podcast, our Military Mom Collective resident sexpert and contributor, Courtney Boyer. Uh, Courtney is passionate about helping others gain clarity in their lives and relationships so they can live more authentically. Courtney and her family are currently living the Oconus life in Germany, so she's a fellow military spouse. Um, she is also the founder of Courtney Boring, Bo- Courtney Boyer Coaching, a speaker, a running enthusiast, and now a published author. Um, not, not tonight, honey. Why women actually don't want sex and what we can do about it is available for purchase now. Um, we will have it linked in show notes, so if you're interested in grabbing your copy, do so. Um, thanks for being here, Courtney. Yay. Thanks guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. September is sexual health awareness month. And I recently read a statistic that 80% of people do not feel confident enough to talk about their sex lives. Um, sexual wellness plays a massive part in keeping us happy and healthy. And we are so lucky to have Courtney join us to help us feel more comfortable in opening up and diving deeper into what we really want and need in the bedroom and our relationships. So Courtney, where's a yes. good starting point? <laughs> <laughs> where's a good starting point? Where, where do you want to begin? Like, well, let's just do a little foreplay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so one of the points that you pointed out in your book about a starting point was that pleasure doesn't even need to start in the bedroom and it really needs to start outside of it. So I think that's a good starting point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah, in the book, I talk a lot about pleasure and the role that it that it has and really unfortunately doesn't have for a lot of women and so what I see happening um gosh there's so many things I want to say about this uh what I see happening is that a lot of couples put a lot of emphasis on pleasure inside the bedroom like the idea maybe a little bit of foreplay but really just the focus is on the, the act of sex And what ends up happening a lot of times is that women don't get the satisfaction that they really desire from those sexual encounters. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't know or don't feel safe or don't know how, lots of various reasons, how to prioritize pleasure, both for themselves. And then also I see their partners not valuing prioritizing their partner's pleasure both inside and outside of the bedroom. That totally makes sense. And um, one of the things that I also highlighted in the book was um, you said the reason many women struggle with their desires for sex is not because they are refusing to try. So we are trying. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, I think that there's a misconception that you know, uh, women who are unsatisfied with their sex life, like just haven't made the effort, like, I just, I don't know, I just like gave up a long time ago. And yes, there, there is a variety of that. But I think it's unfair to not acknowledge the efforts that a lot of women have put in. Uh, So, you know, going in, buying some sexy lingerie or trying the sex toys or reading a sexy book or an erotic film or, you know, the having one or like three glasses of wine. There are so many things that a lot of women are doing 
that are ultimately just quick fixes. And so what happens is that they will get maybe a small success, meaning that they'll be present in that one sexual encounter or maybe for a few days, especially depending on where they're at in their cycle, their menstrual cycle. And then what ends up happening is that because those underlying issues haven't been addressed that are really fueling that low desire, then they, they return back to that uninterest and dissatisfaction. So how do we make joy a priority? <laughs> how do we make it a priority? Well, one, I think it's important to under ask why haven't I made it a priority yet? And so I, you can call it joy, you can call it pleasure. Uh, when I use the word pleasure, I don't just refer to sexual pleasure. I mean, pleasure of any kind. So why am I not prioritizing joy or pleasure? Uh, I like to use the word pleasure with my clients because one, it's a shift. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that word. And so helping them to unpack what does that represent for a lot of people, it's tied to sexual pleasure. So we unpack that. But honestly, you know, a lot of women don't make pleasure a priority because we've been taught that pleasure is either a distraction or it's a reward. And so because we have that mindset, we are unlikely to pursue pleasure on our own or naturally. It feels almost counterintuitive to the way that we've been raised. And um, that stood out to me, too, because one thing that was huge for me when I was reading um, was the idea that women can it's harder for women to think of a truth they were told about mm -hmm. sex than a lie. And I was like, wait, wait, I had to read that like three times, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. And then I tried to start thinking about a truth that I knew and I I couldn't. Yeah. Isn't that just in, like, it's insane. Like, you're just like, what the, how is this possible that I have not been given like empowering information about my sexuality, about sex, about the, this part of us that is so integral to who we are. And especially if we are in a partnered relationship, not that you have to be in one to have a sexual, you know, be a sexual being or, or have a sex life. Um, like, no wonder we have such a hard time communicating because there's so much misinformation that we like, wh where do we even begin? How do those conversations start? Yeah. Um, I don't have them here. I mean, I have your book in front of me, but I didn't write those lies down. Do you care to share without giving it all away? Because I want everybody <laughs> to get their own copy, but do you care to give us one lie? Uh, I'm trying to remember what they were. I think um, one of the lies was that, I think like I, I owe my spouse or my partner sex, like this idea that I have like a, an obligation to put out like my quote wifely duties. So I grew up in a very religious environment, very conservative religious environment. And that was something that was definitely when we, I would hear people talk about other people cheating because we didn't talk about sex. <laughs> of course we didn't. Um, but when I would hear people talk about a, a man's quote, stepping out on his wife, it would usually come back to like, it's probably because she like wasn't putting out, you know, and she wasn't doing her wifely duties. And so of course, he would seek that need from somewhere else. And so I, I've worked with a lot of women who come to me with that fear, like, I'm not interested in sex, but I feel like I have to do it because my husband expects me to. And when I know that that's a very heteronormative and not everyone is in a heter heterosexual relationship, 
Um, most of my clients are, so that's the uh, client situations that I share. But yes, I have a lot of uh, wives come to me and have that concern. And so they're engaging in sex out of fear, not out of love, out of obligation, not out of enjoyment. And after being raised in purity culture and then suddenly having to put out all the time, like what? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. The flipping that switch, like, oh, I actually used to have a program called that flip your sex switch because women just, that was such a hard thing for so many women to do. And they couldn't understand why I grew up in purity culture. If your listeners aren't familiar, it's usually embedded in the evangelical Christian movement. Um, and it's this idea that you sex outside of marriage is sinful and that you save yourself for marriage. You, sometimes there's a purity contract and purity rings and balls and all of that. The Jonas Brothers had purity rings when we were yes, teens. like that was very much an integral part of like yes. our teenage years. If you're a, a millennial, millennial, right? Like yes. we were all I totally forgot about purity that. culture in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Whether we were like super indoctrinated in it or just like, I mean, I was raised Catholic, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, there's. It doesn't like you don't don't slide that mar that wedding ring on and then suddenly you're like let's go, yeah, yes. So unfortunately, um, that's really what's expected in a lot of marriages, and it's usually the the husband that has this expectation with his wife, and there's just so much more sexual messaging and shame aimed at women, especially women growing up in religious communities that men just do not have to face. And so a lot of them do not have this, um, have the ba same baggage to unpack that a lot of the women that I work with do. So yes, yeah, it is definitely, we, we have this belief then that it is our partner's responsibility to turn us on and to give us pleasure because we the idea especially of women as being knowing what brings us pleasure right because then we're a slut and then we're a whore and all of these things because only loose women i can't believe i'm using a term that my grandma used but <laughs> loose women right know what they want know what feels good because they're experienced or they ex have explored their own body and god forbid any of those things be true um i think I was reading your article from our website, the four tips to have more sex. And mm -hmm. I love the quote at the end where you said great sex. Well, really any sex doesn't magically happen. It's created and it's never too late to start again. And I think that's yeah. so important, especially, you know, for moms coming out of like postpartum, it, yeah. it can be a scary time. And yes. I think that's a really important thing to just always reiterate to, to men and women. <laughs> Absolutely. Like the, we don't have to use the past as a barometer or even like a score sheet. If, if you want to create a different sex life today, you can do that. Like mm -hmm. no one has to give you the permission except yourself. And right. obviously if you're in a partnership, talking to your, your partner or your spouse about that is definitely helpful. But yeah, if it's especially as you transition in and out of different phases, you know, I've worked with individuals and couples who are entering pregnancy, who are coming, they're in the postpartum phase who are, okay, now my kids are in school and they need some help. And just mm -hmm. like, what does that look like for us now? Like, 
I feel different in my body or I see my partner's body differently because I just watched her give birth. I think we don't give men that space a lot of times to, to, to own that and to be like, I don't, I saw a lot of things and I don't know how to process that. And so it's not just the woman a lot of times that's saying, Hey, like, I don't, I'm not interested. Sometimes the, the male partner can be like, I'm in a tough transition too, especially military. I see, you know, PTSD stuff, TBIs mm -hmm. coming back from, you know, deployments, you know, be feeling like you're in and out of your family's life. Like those can all contribute to if, if the male partner is experiencing those things to have a, a lack of desire or feel a lack of connection in that way. So speaking of men, an another part that I was like, why have I never thought about this in the book mm -hmm. is um, you said everything that we've been taught about sex and sexuality is based on how a man's body yeah. works. Yes. Mind blown. I was like, uh, of course, of course they don't. Of course we're like not compart like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, so here's an interesting fact. And this is something that I really am super vocal about for a variety of reasons. But so a man, it takes on average between three and seven minutes for him to orgasm during sex. It takes women on average 10 to 17 minutes. So what happens usually when a man orgasms? The sex is over, right? We, we done folks like the part that we're done. Yes. I'm sure men, you go much longer. I'm just saying that on average, these are what the statistics <laughs> are showing. Okay. So not, yeah. Um, so what happens is we have what's called an orgasm gap and we see this predominantly in heterosexual couples. So it's for in a sexual encounter only on average, about 65 ish percent of the women are having an orgasm where their male partner has one about 95% of the time on first time sexual encounters. So this is typically like one night stands or again, first, first time sexual encounters. It is about 18% of women have an orgasm versus 95% of the man. Maybe it's a little bit lower, 90%. So that's a huge orgasm gap. We don't see this in same-sex female couples and same-sex male couples. We see this predominantly in heterosexual relationships or encounters. So I think a lot of this is because men just don't are not understanding of a woman's sexual response cycle that it takes women longer. And a lot of them just think you insert tab A into tab <laughs> B. And after a few minutes, there's an explosion. And that's not how it works. But if your only education for sex is porn, or your own male self exploration, which again, it's only about three to seven minutes, that's going to be normal for you. So why would you expect it to be different? Yeah. And sorry, and because a lot of women don't know that because they feel like they're quote, taking too long, mm -hmm. they get frustrated. And then they just will fake it. Or they'll just be oh, I don't I'm you don't don't worry about me tonight. It's fine. And that becomes the theme, mm -hmm. the faking it or that no, it's okay. Don't worry about me for the sex life. Yeah. Well, and self exploration for women was always like shameful, whereas it's oh, absolutely boys. So they've had years to figure it out. And women are just like, wait, what? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are uncomfortable with your own body, it is even worse when you 
give your body to someone else and you expect them to know how to push the right buttons. It's, it's just not, it doesn't magically happen. It, it, yes, in some random cases, but it's, we're, it's just not how it's displayed in the media. And I think that's the, one of the things that frustrates me so much about how we see sex and intimacy portrayed in the media. It's not only misleading, but it's incredibly harmful because we don't have these conversations normally. And so women internalize the message that I'm broken. There's something wrong with me because it doesn't look like that. Yeah, you said in your book, uh, you're not broken. The world we live in and the messages we receive are. And I was like, yes, clap. Like <laughs> I wanted a standing ovation. I was I was telling you earlier, you Courtney, I was on a I was on an airplane. And if I wasn't had to have my seatbelt on when I was reading this, I would have been like, all right, everybody stand up. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um you're welcome. <laughs> I also found it fascinating as a mother. And I really resonated with the fact that I'm obviously not the only one that puts myself last on my to-do list and um, that I put everybody else's needs before my own. And I think that I don't, I never viewed like sex as a to-do, like it doesn't need to be on my to-do list, but the older I've become and, you know, the older my child is, I've like, okay, so I just have to get done with baseball and then I have to clean up dinner and then mm-hmm. we should probably have sex because we haven't done it in a while. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then there's no pleasure in that and there's no excitement in that. It literally just becomes a task. How do we yeah. <laughs> make sure we're not the ones that are dropping to the bottom of our list? Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about in the book and really just talk about in general is this idea of creating a pleasure practice. And so this is something that is not another thing to add to your to-do list, but it's really about reframing how we approach our everyday existence. So how can I do something pleasurable today? Like what can I do that will bring me pleasure? For some people that is just sitting with a deliciously brewed cup of coffee and just inhaling it and seeing a smile come across your face and really feeling it resonate through your whole body. Like it can be something as simple as that, or it can be like, you know what? I'm really freaking horny. And like, I'm going to tell my partner, like, this is what I want. I want them to get me off tonight. That, that can be a pleasure practice, right? Like it, it can be, but, because when we start to prioritize our pleasure, then we give ourselves permission to advocate for what we want. Yeah. But if we don't believe that we are deserving of good things, we will never advocate for our own pleasure and therefore never seek that pleasure or pleasurable thing. <laughs> well, like, like I said earlier, I highly recommend this book for anyone. And like Nikki mentioned, purity culture, I was also raised in that. And like the whole first half of the book, I'm like, Again, yes, there should, there were so many standing ovations. I was like, wow, wow, yes. <laughs> You're like, are you guys, did you see this? Dear? Yeah, I, I, I read yeah. books like that too. I'm like, no, it's really good. You should read this part here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and um, if you, you make really good points in your book too, Courtney, that like, if you don't know where to start, therapy is a fabulous, yeah. fabulous option. And Um, Like I said in the beginning, we are so lucky to have you on our team. Um, And again, you obviously resonate with the military community since you are um, 
a spouse. So um, if you're looking for someone, I highly recommend you reach out to Courtney. We have so many avenues that you can um, contact her through. Um, one of our biggest being sex in the service. It is um, a place, a column on our website where you can submit any questions to her anonymously. You don't have to submit your name, where you're located, anything. She will answer um, through that column. So we definitely want you to give that a try if you, that interests you. And if you want to get in on her, on her coaching, there's ways you can reach out to her. We will give you all of her contact and check out our show notes. Um, but again, Courtney, thank you so much for being here. Um, and is there anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, um, I would just say that I believe you, every single person is worthy and deserving of good things, including pleasure. And to the women out there, I truly believe that a pleasured woman is a powerful woman and powerful women can change the world. So if you're, if you're looking at pleasure from that perspective, girl, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to join us next week and to follow us on Instagram to continue the conversation. If you like what you've heard, kindly leave us a review and share with a friend.